Happy Holidays, and welcome to our special Christmas edition of Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast. I'm Osped David Medzorian of Adadat Lodge No. 1 here in Boston. I'm so glad you could be here for our 47th podcast episode. And as we do every year at this time, we'll try and bring you some inspiring words as well as sentimental holiday music that I hope you'll enjoy. You know, it seems that every year, as December reaches its conclusion, we find ourselves saying again and again, what a year this has been. Well, this year we can say that and truly mean it, for 2023 has been a year unlike any other in recent memory. Most of us, I think, will agree that the human drama of 2023 came to a head on September 19th, when Azerbaijani forces attacked Artsakh following a 10-month blockade in which the 120,000 Armenians who lived there were deprived of most of life's basic necessities, food, medicine, and so much more. Within a matter of days, a mass exodus as the Armenians of Artsakh, with only the belongings they could take with them, left what had been their homeland to begin a new life in Armenia and beyond an exodus which sadly received little to no coverage in the American news media. Yet even amidst this unspeakable tragedy, we have heard inspirational stories of families who are going forward, beginning new chapters in their lives, all while knowing that they are not alone, for indeed they're not. As we do every year on this occasion, I would like to begin and end this special program with a prayer. And as always, I go to my good friend and my dad's good friend, Nachkin Sparabed of Ararat Lodge, Der Antranik Baljan. He's the pastor of St. Stephen's Armenian Apostolic Church in Watertown, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. I spoke to him in his office at the church. Der Antranik. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. King of Peace and of righteousness, our helper and savior, O Christ our God, keep and protect your faithful people under the protection of your holy cross, and especially your people of Artsakh, who after being blockaded for nine months, are now going through the valley of death, having only you as their refuge. Hear our supplications from broken hearts, and by showering upon us your boundless mercy, strengthen the faith and the hope of us all, and fortify the bond of love of your people in Armenia and in the diaspora, people illuminated by your holy apostles Thaddeus and Bartholomew. Dispel the deadly threats of the adversary and extinguish the flaming hatred that with insatiate craving wants to devour the anointed members of your body so that all nations may see your power and witness that you are the living God, the creator and the Lord of heaven and earth through the intercession of your heavenly hosts and through the prayers of your holy mother, Surpastvazadzin and St. John the Baptist and St. Stephen the Protomartyr and St. Gregory the Illuminator St. Sarkis, the General, and all your saints, the lives of all those who worship your holy name unto that which is good. 
so that all may offer blessing and glory and thanksgiving to the All-Holy Trinity now and for always and forever and ever. Amen. Dear Antronig, you have seen every side of the human drama this year. You have seen and heard the frustration, the anger, and the sadness of your parishioners and of the entire Armenian community over what happened in Artsakh. You have also seen the determination, the generosity, the dedication, and the bravery of not only those who have gone through the ordeal of Artsakh, but those who are trying to help them in Armenia and here in the diaspora. In this Christmas season, tell me what goes through your mind and heart as you think about this year past and look ahead to 2024. It's a very difficult time for us, especially as we are preparing to celebrate the new year, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, where our American neighbors are preparing to celebrate Christmas, and we along with them, uh, is the feeling of joy that we usually uh, feel at this time is somewhat muted because of what is going on in Artsakh and in Armenia. And we feel especially sympathetic and sad for our people, our brothers and sisters who live in Artsakh and have been forced to flee their ancestral homeland. We feel for the people of Armenia who are uh, inundated with, with a whole new population of people and hopefully that will resolve itself into a harmonious melding of the Armenians of Artsakh and the Armenians of Armenia, and that it will provide for us a better future rather than a worse future. And so we have that to be hopeful for and to look forward to. In the diaspora, every, everything that happens in, in Armenia, in the Middle East, whatever happens to Armenia kind of happens to us. We feel the same pain. Of course, we don't have the same experience and we don't experience what they are experiencing, but it's constantly in our minds. And that is why we try to help in the ways we can. And there are two principal ways. By being generous with our prayers and being generous with our money. Sometimes it's a little bit harder to get prayers out of people than it is to get money, but uh, we gather to pray for them. We make sure that we are praying for them. As I always say, I always tell people, prayer is the most powerful weapon in our arsenal, and we need to use it to help our brothers and sisters throughout the world. This um, period uh, with the Artsakh situation has engendered some very creative fundraising uh, in this around this area in this community in the United States and uh, has shown us a, a glimpse of the generosity of our people, the deep-rooted generosity, which comes from their concern and their love for their Armenian brothers and sisters uh, throughout the world. Again, um, in our parish, we were able to raise $20,000 within a few months just by persistence and we had originally a goal of 10,000, and it basically got doubled. Part of this tragedy that has been the crisis in Artsakh and the refugees who have had to leave their homes is the 
trauma that the children have had to go through. Of these 120,000 people, thousands of them are children. If you could assemble all of the children from Artsakh who had to leave all together and sit with them, what would you say to them in terms of either offering comfort or trying to help them to understand what they've been through and what life will be like ahead? Yeah, when you when you kind of portrayed that picture, I, I, I imagined myself sitting with all of these kids in front of them. What would you say? First of all, you have to tell them and they have to know that no matter what happens in life, God loves you. God does not abandon you. God is with you. It may seem at times where you're going through this alone or that collectively we're going through this alone without any outside help. And and believe me, uh, there is reason for Armenians to feel like that vis-a-vis uh, -vis, uh, any kind of help or expectation of, of aid from from uh, other nations, other peoples, uh, our own United States. But one thing is for certain, without doubt, that God is with us and he walks with us. He feels our pain and he comforts us. And, um, you know, I, I think more than words, I think I would try to try to just love them. I wish I could hug every one of them and assure them personally with that hug that everything is going to be okay. As a former Spotabed of Ararat Lodge and a member of the Knights of Vartan for many years, I think you'd agree that our work, our mission, as well as that of the Daughters of Vartan is now more important than ever, given what has happened and what it is that we can do to help. Uh, that is absolutely true. And um, in our lodge meetings and at our gatherings, uh, we need to make sure that we uh, make arrangements for raising as much funds as we can to send out there. The Knights of Vartan has a great track record in helping our people over the decades uh, of its existence, uh, over a hundred years. I mean, that's that's something to, to be proud of. And the kinds and diverse types of help that they have given uh, on, on various occasions of um, necessity throughout the world uh, has been exemplary. And we should continue to do that for those uh, who have been forced to flee Artsakh, should continue that legacy of the Knights of Artan. I'd like to offer you the opportunity to uh, offer some words to our Armenian-speaking listeners, both here in the United States, as well as our many, many listeners throughout Armenia on this Christmas of 2023. Please. Uh, Եվ մենք միշտ գուզենք եւ գաղոտենք որ աստված խաղաղություն բարկեվե մեր աշխարի եւ գրգեց խաղաղության իշխանը որ այդ խաղաղությունը մեզիբեր է բայց պետք է գիտնանք նաեւ որ առանց մեզի առանց մերջիկին առանց մեր նվիրումին այդ երազը չի Chiraganar, Mink, 
betke michotsnera lang vor ait khautuna daradzvi merjovurtin match im horakuin machtankene vor yurakanchures michotsal lang khautian siro vorbesi mer azgi merjovurti mer yekhbayneru yev kuireru vererka sharunagvi khagakh hankistsevov yev menk yurakanchures azgank mer gyankenners astudzo anaspar nergayutyuna shavor nordari yev surpsunun tserpolori my special thanks to Nachkin Spadebed Der Antrenig Baljan of St. Stephen's Armenian Apostolic Church in Watertown, Massachusetts. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were sore afraid. But the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Christmas season is a time for many things. For families and friends to come together. It's a time for sacred music and inspirational words. And for those of us in the Knights and Daughters of Vartan, that inspiration comes from, among others, our leaders. Recently I spoke with Avak Sparabet Hunan Arshakyan and Avak Dirui Nancy Berberian Thompson. They each began the conversation with holiday greetings before looking back at the events of 2023 and then forward to the year ahead. First, our Grand Commander, Hunan Arshakyan. For 2024, I want to wish all of our members a peaceful, healthy, and successful year. I want to wish our brothers and sisters in Armenia a prosperous and peaceful year. And I hope that 2024 will bring joy and happiness to all of us. And I hope that 2024 will be a lot better year than 2023. And Knights and Daughters of Vartan have a lot of plans for this upcoming year. A lot of exciting projects, and a lot of exciting events. So I encourage all the members, Daughters and Knights, to be involved and to be part of this very challenging time. This has been a very challenging year for Armenians around the world. 
here in the United States uh, and uh, Republic of Artsakh and Republic of Armenia. As we all know, in the beginning of the year, our beloved Artsakh was blockaded by Azeri forces and our brothers and sisters, 120,000 Armenians were boxed, blockaded, had no entrance or exit, no food, no medication, and they suffered for a month. And a few months ago, finally, Aliyev's forces and Azeri forces with support of Turkish forces took over Artsakh and deported 120,000 Armenians. This was a pure ethnic cleansing and this reminds us that we always need to fight and support ourselves and we always need to continue supporting our homeland and our brothers and sisters in Armenia. We have to unite and we have to know one thing, that without each other, we will not be able to protect ourselves. We cannot depend on anyone but ourselves. So I wish that this coming year, all the Armenians around the world unite and fight for one cause to exist. I remember your words at the Grand Convocation in Boston this past July. They were very, as it turned out, very prophetic words because what you described as about to happen, in fact, did happen two months later. It was not an easy thing for people to hear, but at the same time, it was important that they did hear it because the situation was, in fact, as dire as you were describing it, in fact, in some cases, even more so. But now that the people of Artsakh are in Armenia and, in some cases, other locations and are beginning this new chapter in their life, what is it that we can do here in the diaspora as members of the Knights of Vartan and our sisters and the daughters of Vartan to try and help them? I know that there are many different uh, fundraisers, individual otiags and talijs around the country have been holding events and fundraising and all of that, and Armenian churches all over, as you know, the diaspora have been doing exactly the same thing. Are we doing enough? Is there more that we can do? What, what are your thoughts on that? Our brothers and sisters from Artsakh are very proud, very smart, and very patriotic people. They lost everything they had, everything they worked for. But yet, when you talk to them, they still have faith, they still are willing to work hard, and they still believe that they will get a successful life for their children. As a diaspora organization, we need to continuously help our refugees from Artsakh. You're right, uh, many fundraising efforts have been done this year. And KDVAC committee was established in the beginning to help our brothers and sisters throughout uh, during the blockade. But then after we lost Artsakh, the money we had raised were used to support for humanitarian projects and the refugees. We were sending monies to help them uh, relocate and uh, rent new homes and pay for their expenses, day-to-day -day expenses. Now, my Avak Tivan uh, came up with a new project, it's economic recovery program, which will provide small grants for the refugees from Artsakh to start their own small business. This is a self-sustained uh, project 
where someone can come and apply for a grant if they have experience if they had any type of a small business in Artsakh, they could apply for the grant, receive the grant, and we will give them tools and financing available to, to support their family. This is very important because not only the, they will be on their own and supporting themselves, but this will give an opportunity for them to hire more people. So economically, it's a long-term uh, support. Uh, humanitarian aid is a short-term support. This is a long-term and will be very good for the economic recovery of Armenia. I think you hit the nail on the head with that, uh, Avak Spadabed, because you mentioned the fact that, yes, it's one thing to be given financial support or financial aid to get, you know, help pick yourself up off the ground, but it's another thing when that aid allows you to then be self-sufficient, starting your own business, helping your own family and community, so and, and thus boosting your own self-confidence and uh, feeling of self-worth. And I think that's very important, don't you? Yes, uh, there is a saying, uh, don't give fish, but teach someone how to fish. Mm -hmm. um, this is a very important. This model uh, has been used in Israel for many decades where they support uh, local uh, economy and they give uh, small or 0% grants to the local people uh, to establish their own business, self-employed. Um, this uh, is a very good way to stimulate the economy and to stimulate the local people to, to open their own farming or whatever else they're into uh, to support themselves. Have you had a chance yourself to visit Armenia since the Veritas Hide and Ink last September? I, I can only imagine how that must have been for you and the other attendees who were there, because, of course, that visit coincided with the situation in Artsakh, September the 19th, when, of course, the roof fell in, and you were there at that time. Have you had a chance to go back since, or are you planning on, on visiting any time in the next few months? I know you'll be there I'm hoping or I'm assuming that you'll be there in September for the next Veritas Heidenich. But have you been there since or planning on going soon? I have not been there since uh, Veritas Heidenich, but I'm planning to go in May of 2024. You're right, David. Uh, September 19th was a tragic day, a black day for our history. Indeed it was. I was there and I remember the entire country was quiet, sad upset, frustrated, and people, their heads were down. They remembered 1915 again. Of course. And it was very devastating. And I hope that we will never see a day like that again. Oh, amen to that. I was actually in Berlin, in Germany, on that day, and in the days that followed. And I was absolutely overwhelmed because over there in Europe, all of the, as opposed to what we were seeing here, all of the European television and radio networks were not only reporting on the situation in Artsakh, but it was their lead story. I mean, I would turn on the BBC and they would have this very lengthy report on what was happening there with reporters on the ground in Artsakh and in Armenia and giving, and I'm talking here with more than 40 years of uh, broadcast journalism, as a background, and they were giving a very balanced report of what was going on. This was not strictly from one side or the other. 
and it was heartwarming. And then I would flip over to the American networks and nothing, absolutely nothing. I was like, what is going on here? But, um, yeah, it was an extremely, I mean, I can only imagine what you were all feeling being there and being from there to, to see this happen, you know, right underneath you. And uh, because here in the diaspora, it was a, a, an incredibly emotional, traumatic week. This was one of the biggest mass migrations that we witnessed. This and very quickly, uh, too, Abak Spadabed. Very quickly. Very quickly, a few days. Yeah. Um, this should have been covered by the American media, which unfortunately was not. The war in Ukraine was, now the Turkish uh, earthquake was, mm-hmm. now the war in Israel is covered 24-7, but the uh, Artsakh story was not published at all, no. uh, which is very sad. You know, David, uh, after the 44-day war, as we all know, the Russian uh, peacekeepers were in Artsakh. And the reason they were there is to protect the people of Artsakh. Every time when I have an opportunity, I talk about being united and we need to support ourselves. Well, this was a perfect example. We thought the Russian Federation and the Russian military was behind us and they would protect us. While uh, some of our politicians were playing political games in Yerevan, Russian military was planning and had the knowledge of uh, us losing Artsakh. Mm-hmm. And when Azeri forces forced their way into Artsakh, of course, Russian peacekeepers did not resist. And they let the Azeri forces take over Stepanakir. And they forced the people to leave Artsakh once and for all. This teaches us one thing. We need to depend on ourselves. We need to unite ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we have to understand no country in the world will step in and protect us. We need to depend on ourselves and we need to fight for ourselves. It's very true. So and, and I remember my... you said that many times during the Grand Convocation uh, here in Boston last July. And it's, it was true then and it's true now. What they do or their survival will depend on Armenia's survival will depend on Armenia and uh, the resilience of its people. Armenians have uh, many opinions, as we all know. But uh, times like this, we need to set the politics aside and we need to create a vision for ourselves and a fight for, for our cause. It has been, as we have said, quite a year, and one can only imagine what 2024 will bring for the people of Armenia, for the refugees from Artsakh, and for those of us here in the diaspora who care so much about what is happening to them, um, because, of course, we're all brothers and sisters. Tell me a little bit about what your thoughts and plans are in terms of uh, the year ahead. I know that um, we'll be seeing you in New York, obviously, in New York for the genocide commemoration. Are you planning on visiting any Talijas uh, in any parts of the country in the next several months? Uh, are you? Yes, David. Uh, on February 4th, I'm planning to visit Trilodge in Los Angeles. Um, the Trilodge is organizing a Vartanans Gala. Uh, to fundraise money to rebuild kindergarten uh, in the border village of Jambarak, uh, February 4th, Sunday. I'm also planning to visit East Coast. Uh, on April 21st, I will be in New York uh, for the April 24th commemoration. Uh, also in New Jersey, I'm planning to visit Boston area. 
I'm also planning to visit Washington, D.C. Uh, 2025 convocation, Knights and Daughters of Wartan convocation will be hosted in Washington, D.C. by Oni Lodge. So I am uh, planning to go and meet with uh, committee chair uh, Jake Bournazian. Um, and um, I also plan to visit Florida um, this coming year. You'll be, you'll be definitely getting some frequent fire miles over the next uh, six months or so, won't you? Yes, indeed. Yes. <laughs> Tell With me my a, busy schedule. I asked Avak Didoui this question, and I want to ask you, and I'm almost positive that I know what your answer is going to be. Given your position as the Grand Commander of the Knights of Vartan, can a single day go by, one 24-hour period, without anything having to do with the Knights of Vartan, or is it just that much embedded in your life? No, there is no day without uh, any Knights of Vartan business. I didn't I think there would be. Have, I have several emails and calls throughout the day, throughout the week, uh, on uh, different topics, uh, different challenges. So it is, uh, you have to be really dedicated to, to have a position uh, like this. What would you like to say to our Armenian-speaking members of both the Knights and Daughters and also to our brothers and sisters in Armenia, um, our, the refugees from Artsakh and uh, our many friends who are listening in Yerevan and throughout the country, in Tavush province, in Aparan, where, of course, your school is, in Goris, in, in so many other places. What's your message to them on this Christmas? <laughs> մեր ժողովրդին թող լինի անթիվ նոր ձեռքբերումների ու հաջողությունների տարի առողջություն իմ հայազգին եւ աստված պահապան բոլորիս շնորհավոր նոր տարի եւ սուրբ ծնունդ wishing you and your loved ones merry christmas happy holidays and happy new year may god bless the united states of america and the republic of armenia my special thanks to our Grand Commander, Avak Spadabed Hunan Arshakyan, who spoke to me from his home in California. I first met Avak Didui, Nancy Beberian Thompson, and her husband, Asped Todd Thompson, here in Boston this past summer at our Grand Convocation. She's been very busy in the months since, and when we spoke, she too was looking ahead to 2024 and had these words of season's greetings for all of us. For all my sisters and brothers, on behalf of the Avakoru, we send our very best wishes. Safe, happy, healthy Christmas, and a very happy New Year. As we reflect on this year, think of all those in need in Artsakh who left Artsakh, reestablishing themselves other places, along with what is going on in Israel and here at home in the United States. We thank God for all our blessings and all that is provided to for us. At this time, if you can lend a helping hand to those less fortunate, they would appreciate it. It is the season of giving more than receiving. By giving, we are rewarded, knowing we are helping others where they cannot help themselves. Please remember to be kind, thoughtful, and patient. Take time to enjoy your friends, your family, and others. 
take time to relax and enjoy your life as time on this earth is short. Let us rejoice in the season which God has made for us. Be reminded of Jesus's birth and think what was during those times. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year with sisterly love and devotion. Avag Dirui, you look back now at these first five months since your installation as the Grand Chairwoman of the Daughters of Vartan, and a lot has happened. You've been talking to your sisters over the last several months. Uh, what is going through their minds and heart, and what is going through your mind and heart at this particular time of year now that we approach the Christmas season? I think, well, I think most sisters in this sisterhood feel very badly and sad for what is going on in Armenia, uh, what has happened in Artsakh. We tried very hard over this last year to help, and we did. As Nakina Avakhtir, we Gloria and Avaksbarabed Hunan and the committee, the Knights of Vartan Action Committee, put together the funds and helped with getting food into Artsakh supplies. And then to watch what unfolded in September was really devastating. And and I think that we are just not shocked, uh, reliving what happened in 1915 and thinking how well over 100 years later can this take place again, continually. It, it really has been continual for Armenia. And so I think the sisters, and I know the brothers as well, I'm sure in a lot of senses wish they could help more, but I don't know if they really realize that when they were called to action, what they did, how they stepped forward, how they provided funds and their efforts and kept it foremost in their minds was really helpful. We're very disappointed, of course, in any non-press uh, we are thankful for Anka and AAA and all that they have tried to accomplish. We're disappointed, although it appeared uh, near the end, you know, the United States government stepped up to the plate, but uh, a little too little, a little too late. I know that in these last several months that uh, you have had a chance to talk with sisters from around the country, and I know that as the months go by, you will be visiting several Otyags throughout the country. I just found out the other day that you'll be coming to Boston next spring. It's one thing to talk to them over the phone. It's another thing to, you know, send emails and all of that, but to actually get out there and visit the different Otyags in the East, in the West, Midwest, you name it. How important is that to you to, to see them and to have them see you? It's the number one important item on my list. And in fact, it was in October, I traveled to the Midwest, and I visited uh, Detroit and also Milwaukee and met with the sisters uh, but even prior to that, David, I did have a meeting with our Grand District reps, and I've had one meeting with the Dearwees and plan on having another one in January on Zoom. So I'm trying to pull everybody in uh, so that they can see who the Avakorut is and how we're all working together. I'm very excited to visit the East Coast. I plan to come uh 
a little bit before the genocide, the commemoration. And I plan to stay for almost three weeks to visit all of the nine Otiogs back there. And so I'm very excited to see Arpy in Boston. I'm very excited to, I obviously was in Boston in July, but mm-hmm. really, as you know, had a I real sure quick do. trip. It was a fun time, though. <laughs> it was a great time. You guys did an excellent job. Anyway, so I'm looking forward to coming back and maybe having a day or two um, on either side. But I look forward to meeting with the sisters, and I find it invaluable because when I show up uh, and I can actually speak with them, they can see that I'm a really live person and that I have their best interests and the interests of the Otiog and the continuation of the sisterhood. I've been doing some research. And as you are well aware, as most people are, you know, 30 years ago, we had over twice the uh, amount of membership. So it's important for me to get out and visit with the sisters and help them figure out the best way for the daughters to move forward. Well, I always remember what you said, and you said it a couple of times during the Grand Convocation this past July, which was that your desire and your intention for the daughters of Vartan is not for them to survive, but to thrive. And uh, I think one of the important ways to uh, to continue that desire of yours is is to get out and talk to them and and find out uh, because you know every Otiag is different and and the people who are a member of it they're all different they're from different parts of the world they've come from different backgrounds but in, don't you agree though Avagdirui that that in itself that diversity brings such a great content to the daughters because you know one Otiag may think of something or have a desire an idea for a project or something that another one may not. And yet they can all come together and Lord knows what can happen. And it already has. Well, and that's very true. And each Otiog is unique in and of itself because of A, their location, B, the makeup of the Otiog, the people that make up the, the, the sisters. And what I really am trying to instill or what I'm trying to encourage is that, um, the sisters look, you know, not only at the knights' wives that may or may not be members, but at their friends and or look within their church or the professionals that are around them. And yes, each OTOG has taken on projects that have um, been fruitful for them and very helpful to the sisterhood. And it is wonderful to see that. And that is Part of the circular letter that the daughters put out is when we find out what other uh, OTOGs are doing, we share it through that newsletter. Now, David, whether people read that newsletter or not is a whole nother subject, but at least we are doing that. So, yes. You heard that, daughters. Read the newsletters. Read the... (laughs) Because I know that we, I, I devour those newsletters when they come out uh, for all of us, the ones that are sent out by our liaison, and uh, because the information in there, it's not only timely, it's important, and it, it, it's, it's what we need to know. And uh, let me ask you, I've wanted to ask you this ever since I've, I've met you last summer, and, and that is that given your position— and I would ask this of anybody who's been in the position of either the grand chairman or the grand chairwoman. Can a day go by, Avagdidawi, 
without the daughters of Vartan coming up somewhere in your day in one form or no. another? I didn't think so. No. <laughs> no, I spend I spend multiple hours more hours on this than I do my real job. Uh, I spend multiple hours uh, on daughter's business, and I have encouraged people to reach out to me personally uh, from any OTOG, and they do. So I hear from many people all over with different um, questions or information or things they want done. And and so really what the AVA core group works on is making sure that we are answering uh, our sisters and we are helping them and teaching them and learning from them. And we are really right now starting. I mean, the committee out here in Fresno has started already their work on the uh, Karakin Joho of the convocation. Mm-hmm. But we in the Ava Korut have already started discussing it. And we already have in the works uh, one workshop, uh, which our Avak Pokdir, we Pam Udi, uh, will be leading. And we're utilizing a couple sisters from the East who wanted to be involved because I asked them to volunteer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we're putting together quite an exciting workshop, really, to help the sisters really understand the sisterhood and what it takes uh, and, and all of the background of the sisterhood. So we're doing that. Plus, I'm working with the Naki Navak Dearwees on uh, updating uh, the orientation manual, which really is like the bylaws and constitution, the Bible of the information that new members and even existing members need to know. Sure, sure. And I know that uh, given the fact that it's only been, what, five months now since you've been installed and that you have been serving there, that you're, you're, you've still got a long time to go in your term, and there is much more that you want to do. But I know, first of all, I did want to ask you, are you planning on being in New York City for the uh, genocide commemoration next April on the 21st? Yes. Okay. Yes. I plan to go in a couple days early. Uh, because there's other large business, there might be a luncheon the day before that. Mm-hmm. And uh, if there is, I'm going to go for that. And then, yes. And, well, and it coincides It coincides uh, with the day, uh, the next day is the meeting of the New Jersey OTOG. And then that Thursday is the meeting of the New York OTOG. So, um, it's good timing for me to come for that. Yes, I'm planning to be there. You will be one busy person during the month of April. That's all I can say. A very, very busy well, person. Well, in March. In March, I'm doing my visitations in March to Southern California. And even though I'm close, there's five OTOGs there. So that's going to be about a week and a half visit. And you touched on this just a few minutes ago, but it's only seven months away, which may sound like a very, very long time, but uh, Fresno and uh, the other lodges and Otiogs in the area, you're all working hard on uh, trying to put together, and I know you'll do it, another successful Grand Convocation, uh, which is scheduled for July of 2024. We'll have much more on that in the months ahead, but... uh, have you personally worked on a Grand Convocation? I know that California has hosted many in the past, but have you personally worked on one before, or is this your first? Yes, I, no, I assisted. I was assisting um, with our co-chair, who is uh, our Avoc Tiburi, Yertskin Roberta, mm-hmm. her obedient. 
she has been co-chair before. And when we had one in Las Vegas, I was on that committee. Uh, I didn't have a major role, but I assisted then. 2019. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. and actually there was one before that as well. Oh, was there? Okay. I did uh, not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yes, um, I have assisted before. Um, and it's a lot of work. And Fresno actually does this. Uh, they've got enough manpower that they are able to do it on their own. So, and they have much experience. They've had, I don't know how many times the convocation's been in Fresno, but I've been to several of them already. So, um, and they're always a grand time. They do it well. I know. And I think we've had three in Boston, including this year, in the last 20 years. So, we haven't done as many as you have out there in California, but uh, it's wonderful when, when everybody comes together. And that was certainly one of the high points of this year for both the Knights and the Daughters of Vartan. I'm sure you can agree on that. Tell me how you and your wonderful husband, Asped Todd, will be spending Christmas this year. We actually will be spending Christmas at home. We're going to go over... Uh, one of my first cousins home for dinner and my sister will be coming down from Sacramento uh, for a few days prior to and after Christmas. And so that's what we will be doing. Now I know it's no big secret. You love to cook. So will you be (laughs) contributing to any of these holiday meals? I cannot believe that you're not. No, no, actually we are going to my nephews and I haven't told him yet. But uh, my husband and I will probably be making and rolling Yelanchi to take to that. I'll be there. And um, (laughs) yeah, love Yelanchi. And then, uh, you know, I have relatives that are not all married to Armenians, but no, really good Armenian cooks. So they bring in a lot of their Armenian food. Uh, They have it catered in. So Mm -hmm. I'm not asked to bring anything, which is fine. It makes it easier for me. Because a lot of times, obviously, I don't have time. But looking forward to the holidays, what are you going to be doing, David? Uh, it'll be a local one. We usually Christmas Eve is spent at my sister's, who is a member of Arpiotiag. She's on the uh, Tivan the there. Her name is Ruth Folletti. And then I uh, met her. Yes, you would have met her at the convocation, of course, because she was at the registration table uh, yes. for those few days. And uh, she also spoke on behalf of my mother. During the right. uh, Woman of the Year speech, correct. And uh, so we'll be there on Christmas Eve, and then uh, we'll be spending the day, the whole family, uh, probably here at my house on Christmas Day. And then uh, New Year's will be, uh, I think New Year's will be here as well. So pretty close to home, staying pretty close to home. I grew up in a family that you didn't go out on New Year's because that's when all the crazies were. Yeah. Out. So mm-hmm. we've always spent New Year's at home, and we, we have a tradition of having Foster Ma's sujuk and string cheese on New Year's Eve. And then New Year's Day, we like to have crab and French bread. Oh, my God. I'll be, New Year's Day sounds great. I will tell you right now, when I was, I visited Armenia for an entire month in September of 2021. While I was there, uh, a dear friend of mine, Der Aram Mirzoyan, took me to this factory where they make Basturma and sujuk and all these other dried meats and everything. And I didn't have the heart to tell him. And please don't, I know I'm in the minority here, Avagdidui. 
I don't like any of that stuff. I don't like oh, bust him out. I know, I know. And when he found that out, and when they and when the women at the factory found that out, they could not believe their eyes. They're like, "What? You don't like it? Are you kidding me? That this is everybody loves this. It's it, never liked it. My parents loved that- it." Never liked it. So, you know, it's more, I, I just look at it this way. It's more for you. It's more for everybody else. But you know what? It also is my parents, we grew up with it. Mm-hmm. And so it, and I can't tell you, and it was special on holidays. And so it is a tradition that we have maintained. And it's funny because especially even, I love Bostromont, but the suit, the sausage, especially I love the most. And just, you know, all of that. I love that. I love the cheese bear rag. Oh, that I love. I love. Yeah. Name. I can eat all, I can yeah. eat that for days, for days. Avak Dirui, it has been a pleasure to talk to you and uh, to share your thoughts and uh, feelings on this Christmas 2023. As I said, I know it's been a very eventful last five months for you, and it's uh, only just beginning in terms of your uh, service to the daughters of Vartan as our, or as the, not our grand chairwoman, but as the grand chairwoman and uh, Avag Dirui. And it has been an honor to speak to you. And it's, it's been an honor to get to know you too, and uh, to talk to you and to also speak to your wonderful husband, Asped Todd. And uh, it has been a real pleasure. So thank you. And I want to thank you very much. uh, Although I didn't really have a chance to say this in July for all of your kindnesses and assistance during the grand convocation itself for inviting me and my brothers to your installation and uh, giving us a chance to participate in that ceremony um, it was very touching, and it was it was important, too, that we were there for that. So, again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, well, thank you, David, and I really appreciate you reaching out and wanting to hear from me. That is, it always makes a person feel valued and great, so I appreciate that very much. Well, the daughters of Vartan are lucky to have you, and Merry Christmas to you and to Asped Todd. Thank you, and the same to you and your entire family, David. My special thanks to Avak Didui Nancy Barbarian Thompson. I look forward to seeing her and Avak Spadabed Hunan Arshakyan often in the year ahead, here in New England, in New York City, and in Armenia itself. So here we are, at the end of another year. The mission of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan continues into 2024, and that mission is more important than ever. We all have much to do in the year ahead for our fellow Armenians in the homeland and also in our Armenian communities here at home, in our cities and towns, serving in whatever capacity we can, because we can, because it is why we became Knights and Daughters of Vartan in the first place. As I bring this Christmas edition of the Talking Vartan podcast to a conclusion, I want to wish all of you in the Knights and Daughters of Vartan and your families a very Merry Christmas. That includes, of course, my devoted brothers in Ararat Lodge No. 1 and my dear friends in Arpiotiag No. 9. Merry Christmas, of course, to our Avak Spadabed Hunan Arshakyan, Avak Dirui Nancy Beberian Thompson, and all of our Nakin Avak Sparabeds and Nakin Avak Didoes. Plus, of course, the Avak Tivan and Avak Chorut. I also want to send Christmas greetings to some special people in our homeland 
who were part of our Knights and Daughters of Vartan family, as well as some dear friends of mine who have also graced this podcast. First and foremost, Merry Christmas to our liaison in Armenia, Gohar Palian. Gohar is our eyes and ears and our main contact when it comes to our many projects in Armenia. And with the exception of this podcast, she also manages all of our Knights and Daughters of Vartan media on many different platforms, including all social media, as well as our website. And it's all updated constantly. Gohar Balian also produces our digital and print publication, Avaride. Merry Christmas, Gohar, and thank you for everything you do for the Knights and Daughters of Vartan all year long. I also want to send Christmas greetings to our friends at the Knights of Vartan School 106 in Yerevan. Those of you who have been on the Veratats Heidenik know this school well. It's led by its dedicated principal, my friend Marina Vardanyan, and her wonderful faculty. Among them, I also want to say Merry Christmas to Anna Antonian, who translated for me during my most recent visit. I look forward to visiting the school again this coming year. In Tavush province, there are many people I want to wish a Merry Christmas to. A man who is a wonderful friend of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan and whom we look forward to seeing every year, Der Ara Mezorian of St. Hovanes Armenian Church in Bert. And speaking of Bert, Merry Christmas to my dear friend Anahid Badalian and her wonderful staff at the Bert Women's Resource Center Foundation. What great work they do there. Anahit was also kind enough to serve as translator during my recent podcasts in which I interviewed families who had come to Armenia from Artsakh. Merry Christmas to my wonderful friend Anna Avalian and her dedicated staff at the Baird Multifunctional State College and to Tamar Margarian, who was my translator during my visit to the college and who celebrated with her husband, a veteran, the birth of their first child earlier this year. I also want to take this moment to thank everyone who has been so kind to me with their good wishes and prayerful thoughts. It's been a rough year for a number of reasons, including major health issues, family loss, and other things as well. And for those who expressed their concern and sent their good wishes from the bottom of my heart, I say thank you. Indeed, I wish everyone listening to this podcast a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. May 2024 be a year of peace, good health, and blessings on you and your family. And I hope to see you all in the new year. My dear friend from Tavush, Der Aram Mirzoyan, now offers this special Christmas prayer in Armenian, delivered from St. Hovanes Armenian Church in the Tavush province city of Bert. <laughs> հասկանալու քոսուր ծննդյան խորուրդը որը սիրո եւ հույսի դռներ է բացում ամենքից առջև քանի որ մենք էլ ենք փափագում միանալ հրեշտակների երկին ասելով փարք աստծուն բարձունքներում եւ երկրի վրա խաղաղություն եւ մարդկանց մեջ համերաշխություն փարք հրաշափար ծննդյան քոտել Zortnyal yavuz paravoryal, ısrarşal yavuz haktoğ, ıstanundat kusur ortnem yev paravoreng. Martasır der, vasın sırpovo anarati morto yev rusi, yev vasın haçi kopatvakani 
ընկալ զաղաչանս մեր եւ կեցո զմեզ սիրելի վարթանանց ասպետներ եւ դուստրեր քրիստոս ծնավ եւ հայտնեցավ մեզ եւ ձեզ մեծ ավետիս Thank you so much dear Aram and I look forward to seeing you very soon on my next trip to Armenia Finally, I want to thank you for listening to this special Christmas edition of Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast. I'm Osped David Medzorian, Avadat Lodge number one in Boston. I'd like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas with this song in which I'm joined by my son Alexander. I hope that you enjoy it. Sireli en Gerner, Shnor Havor Amanor, Yev Sud Zununt. Shining star upon the highest bar